section fifty nine of china japan and the islands of the pacific this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox org recording by jim locke of floyd virginia the world's story volume one china japan and the islands of the pacific edited by eva march tappan section fifty nine a visit to a lama by pere gerbillon among the tartars the priests of buddha are all called lamas but are of greatly differing rank the editor our ambassadors upon their coming into the town went directly to the chief pagoda several lamas coming to receive them and to conduct them across the square court quite large and well paved with square tiles to the pagoda where was one of their chiefs he was one of those whom the impostors say never die they affirm that when his soul is separated from his body it immediately enters into that of a new-born child the veneration which the tartars have for these impostors is incredible even worshipping them as gods upon earth i was witness of this respect which our ambassador and a part of his retinue particularly the mongols paid him the person who then pretended to be thus brought again into life was a young man about twenty-five years old his face was very long and rather flat he was seated under a canopy at the farther end of the pagoda upon two cushions one of brocade and the other of yellow satin a large mantle of the finest chinese yellow damask covered his body from head to foot so that nothing of him could be seen but his head which was quite bare his hair was curled his gown edged with a sort of party-coloured silk lace four or five fingers broad much as our church copes are and which the mantle of this lama was not much unlike all the civility which he showed the ambassadors was to rise from his seat when they appeared in the pagoda and to continue standing the whole time he received their compliments or rather adoration the ceremonial was as follows the ambassadors when they were five or six paces distant from the lama first veiled their bonnets to the very ground then prostrated themselves thrice striking the ground with their foreheads after this adoration they went one after the other to kneel at his feet the lama put his hands upon their heads and made them touch his bead roll or string of beads after this the ambassadors retired and made the same adoration a second time then they went to sit down under canopies got ready on each side the counterfeit god being first seated the ambassadors took their places one on his right hand and the other on his left some of the most considerable mandarins seating themselves next to them when they had sat down the people of their retinue came also to pay their adoration to receive the imposition of hands and to touch the bead-roll but there were not many there who had this respect shown them in the meantime there was tartarian tea brought in in large silver pots with a special one for this pretended immortal carried by a lama who poured it out for him into a fine china cup which he reached himself from a silver stand that was placed near him 
the motion he at that time used opened his mantle and i observed that his arms were naked up to the shoulders and that he had no other clothes under his mantle but red and yellow scarfs which were wrapped round his body he was always served first the ambassador saluted him by bowing the head both before and after drinking tea according to the custom of the tartars but he did not make the least motion in return to their civility a little after a collation was served up a table being first set before this living idol then one was set before each of the ambassadors and the mandarin who attended them per Pereira and i had also the same honour done us there were upon these tables dishes of certain wretched dried fruits and a sort of long thin cakes made of flour and oil which had a very strong smell after this collation which i had no inclination to taste of but with which our tartars and their attendants were very well entertained tea was brought a second time a little after the same tables were brought in covered with meat and rice there was upon each table a large dish of beef and mutton half dressed a china dish full of rice very white and clean and another of broth and some salt dissolved in water and vinegar the same sort of meat was set before the attendants of the ambassadors who sat behind us what surprised me was to see the great mandarin devour this meat which was half dressed cold and so hard that having put a piece into my mouth only to taste it i was forced to turn it out again but there was none played their part so well as two calchas tartars who came in whilst we were at table having paid the adoration to and received the imposition of hands from the living idol they fell upon one of these dishes of meat with a surprising appetite each of them taking a piece of flesh in one hand and his knife in the other and cutting unusually large slices after which they dipped them in the salt and water and swallowed them down all being taken away tea was brought once more after which there was quite a long conversation the living idol keeping his countenance very well i don't think that during the whole time we were there he spoke more than five or six words and that very low and only in answer to some questions which the ambassadors asked him he kept continually turning his eyes around and staring very earnestly on each side and sometimes smiling there was another lama seated near one of the ambassadors who kept up the conversation probably because he was the superior for all the other lamas who waited at table as well as the servants received orders from him after a short conversation the ambassadors arose and went about the pagoda to take a view of the paintings which are very coarse after the manner of the chinese there is not a statue in it as in other pagodas only figures of the deities painted on the walls at the bottom of the pagoda there is a throne or sort of altar upon which the living idol is placed having over his head a canopy of yellow silk and here he receives the adoration of the people on the sides there are several lamps though we saw but one lighted going out of the pagoda we went upstairs where we found a wretched gallery with chambers on all sides of it in one of them there was a child of seven or eight years old dressed and seated as a living idol with a lamp burning by him 
it was probable this child was designed one time or other to succeed the present idol for these deceivers have always one ready to substitute in the place of another in case of death and feed the stupidity of the tartars with this extravagant notion that the idol comes to life and appears again in the body of a young man into whom his soul passed this is the reason for their so great veneration for the lamas whom they not only implicitly obey in all their commands but make them an offering of the best of everything they have and therefore some of the mongols of the ambassador's retinue paid the same adoration to this child as they had done to the other lama this child did not make the least motion nor speak one single word we found also in another chamber a lama singing his prayers written upon leaves of coarse brown paper when our curiosity was satisfied our ambassadors took leave of this impostor who neither stirred from his seat nor paid them the least civility after which they went to another pagoda to visit another living idol who came to meet them the day before but per pereira and i returned to the camp End of section fifty nine this recording is in the public domain recording by jim locke of floyd virginia